1075. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. And uh, just a host of things to talk about this morning. Of course, uh, the big game last night, on, uh, we all, I'm sure, were glued to. Elsewhere, uh, you know, we'll have to talk about a little bit about high school games over the weekend. Uh, uh, a little baseball with uh, 495 and 53. And uh, we'll have Coach Ryan Antoine, the head football coach at Westgate, on a little later on this morning. He'll talk about his big match uh, with uh, the Nish uh, Friday night, uh, along with uh, SI writer, as I mentioned, Bob Rose. High school football coaches and Jeff, I guess what's going to be talked around the barbecue pits today here on good old Labor Day will be how the LSU Tigers let one get away last night. Yeah, obviously disappointing. I, I thought they were the favorites going in. And, you know, uh, to, to lose it the way they did, uh, a late score by Florida State and then the comeback by LSU only to be uh, – Defeated by a blocked kick. Uh, yeah, it hurts. It yeah. Hurts. And they blocked it earlier in the game. They blocked a field, field goal. goal. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but the, the grace, the, 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 the way the miracle uh, uh, started off is Florida State's running a pitch on the goal line with a third and one. And, and they, the kid can't handle the pitch. Why do you even take a chance on a pitch like that? Yeah. <laughs> with, with uh, what, a minute 20 left, maybe something of that nature? And he fumbles the ball at the goal line. The Tigers recover and go 99 yards uh, for a quick score. But, you know, in a way they're blessed uh, with even having a chance to have that final play for the touchdown is that when that kid's knee went down, yes, they did make the first down, but he didn't go out of bounds. They're going to reset the ball, and the clock's going to continue running. So I don't know if they'd have gotten the playoff. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought to myself, maybe the game's over. But then I said, no, he made the first down in college football. The clock stops for a few seconds. And I really thought that's what they were discussing with regards to whether or not uh, he went out of bounds. But his knee hit the ground inbounds. They had a second or two left, and uh, LSU, it, through the confusion, gets the opportunity at least to snap the ball. They score, and then the uh, it kind of reminds me of a Saints game about 20 years ago when they had the uh, the California-Berkeley uh, lateral, and they go in to kick the extra point to tie the game, and uh, the, the same kicker missed the extra yeah, point. Yeah, it, it was, um, <laughs> I want to say, two thousand. Three or four. Yeah, it was. They were playing. I think Jacksonville. I do Jacksonville, believe. Jacksonville. Yep. And the Saints do the, show, the the lateral all the way across the field. And they even made a commercial about it too. I think, and uh, with the beer man. I think, uh, and the Saints uh, missed the extra point. That's what I thought about the poor Tigers last night as uh, the kicks blocked. But again, you know, they blocked a field goal earlier in the game in Florida State when Bobby Bowden was there. Their special teams. Uh, a la Virginia Tech would lock, block a lot of punts and kicks. Uh, but what a way to lose. Wow. Yeah. Coach um, Kelly said mistake after mistake for us, particularly in the first half. Uh, and, you know, obviously more mistakes in the second half. Said he was proud of the way his team competed, but also made it clear that, and I quote, I'm not here to say we take any solace in a loss. The reality is we got some learning to do. Uh, we've got to coach better, and we got to play better. So, again, not uh, the best start for LSU, but c- could be worse. Yeah, it could be. And what's a plus was that Florida State had played previously, even though against a poor Duquesne team, 
It was a game. Yeah, it does give you real-time stats. Yeah, you clean things up. And LSU last night looked like a team playing their first game, uh, whether it be uh, against anyone, but uh, you could see a lot of mistakes to clean up. And uh, Tiger fans, uh, boy, their offensive line needs a lot of work, too. Of course, Florida State's got a lot of quickness. Uh, they weren't real big like the Tigers' offensive line, but uh, – it's uh, uh, it's got a lot of work to do. Uh, the freshman Campbell did an adequate job considering, but he got beat a few times too. And uh, uh, thank goodness uh, LSU quarterback and uh, could run for his life. And he basically was the whole offense in the first half too, running and throwing. Yeah, a very disappointing uh, night for Kayshawn Booty, the new Iberian native. A couple of drop passes, and you could tell he was frustrated. Uh, at points during the game, but uh, again, a couple of key moments. Uh, yes. He could have kept that game going. The, the first one, uh, you know, they targeted him in the end zone, and uh, he was well covered, but I don't even think he looked back for the ball, too, uh, in that particular play. Of course, the other the other one was a complete drop, I guess, around the 20, 25-yard line. They pulled him out the game, I, I noticed, because uh, he was on the sideline when yeah. uh, LSU was running another play. So, uh a little frustration there for him. He should be able to clean up his act. He's too good of an athlete and player uh, in that regard. So uh, we'll see uh, as the Tigers, uh, I'm trying to recall who who's next on their schedule. Southern. Southern oh, yeah, they'll play that big, game. Big game against Southern. Yeah. and uh, kind of, it's, It is big in that uh, you don't see those two teams match up too often, both Baton Rouge uh, schools and obviously Southern uh, chomping at the bit for an opportunity like that, but – uh, don't give them too much hope. No, I don't. And uh, But it's a big payday for Southern, oh, yeah. too. I'm sure they'll garner anywhere from uh, a million to $2 million. And an audience. And, uh, no, a huge that's right. audience. That's right. Yeah. Uh, should be an interesting contest. So, But the Tigers, uh, and I, it was kind of, you know, in the first half when uh, one of the uh, uh, sportscasters was interviewing coach on the sideline. I can't remember the young lady's name. but uh, And he just, flat said, he just came right out with He said, you know, we can't play any worse than what we have right now. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, it's pitiful. And I think he was accurate in that regard other than uh, the quarterback rolling out and uh, taking time. But he was running for his life some of the time. The pass protection would break down a little bit and uh, he'd take off. And I think at one time he – I. I Pretty sure he was the leading rusher for LSU in the game, too. I don't know if that his sacks, of course, in college football, sacks don't count as passing yards. They count as uh, rushing yards. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and a lot of people don't know that. And uh, so anytime he was dumped for a loss that uh, he uh, – let's see, I'm pulling up the stats here right now with regards to uh, that uh, – yeah, um, LSU quarterback uh, Daniels was 26 out of 35 for 209 yards, two touchdowns. He also had 16 carries for 114 yards uh, for a seven-yard average. Uh, uh, Kane uh, was seven for 23, Goodwin five for 14, Williams one for two. Uh, Booty, uh, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of where Booty, uh, here he is, uh, two catches for 20 yards, 13-yard catch. Uh, Lacey, the former Cajun, uh, uh, caught a ball for 14 yards. Uh, but Jenkins, along with Thomas and uh, Taylor and Neighbors, each had five catches. You know, poor Neighbors. Wow. Dropping not one, but two punts. That, uh, of course, the second one didn't lead to a score. But uh, uh, 
if Florida State scores there pretty much with, what, maybe a minute, uh, 10, 15 left, it pretty much puts the game away. But a fumble on a pitch, I can't get over. And uh, LSU has an opportunity to at least tie the game. Did you ever think they'd go for two in that situation? Never, never thought so. Okay. And, and especially as sort of the home team, true, you, you hardly uh, would ever want to do that. Um, there was a lot of Garnet going in the stands, though, I can tell you that. <laughs> and that uh, uh, Tomahawk Chop was going pretty loud. But uh, in the meantime, uh, Tigers have to just uh, – Get back uh, to the drawing board. I don't know if uh, they'll be practicing today. Usually you give them a, a little time off to heal and think and and all. But uh, LSU plays next Saturday up in Tiger Stadium uh, against Southern, as you mentioned, the Jaguars, which should be an interesting contest. Florida State quarterback, who Jeff, I thought looked pretty good uh, uh, throughout the game. Uh, Travis, uh, he was 20 out of 32 for 260 yards and two touchdowns. He also ran uh, eight times for 31 yards. His longest was 23. Um, and pretty much uh, team stats throughout the course of the game. FSU had right near 400, 392. LSU at 348. And uh, passing uh, 209 for LSU, 260 for Florida State. Rushing 132 for Florida State and 139 for LSU. Uh, 24 to 22, LSU out first down them. Uh, third down proficiency, Florida State was 11 out of 17. Pretty impressive. LSU 5 out of 11. Fourth downs, Florida State was 0 for 1. Uh, LSU 2 for 2. Uh, penalties, uh, LSU only had three penalties. Uh, but one of them, boy, uh, uh, Gay, the, the defensive end, uh, just about took off Travis's head, too. Uh, he'll have to sit out, uh, I think, the first half of the Southern game as he did the second half of the Florida State game. Uh, uh, just a blatant blow. <laughs> and uh, he could have hit him, you know, square in the in the stomach or somewhere, but went for his head and uh, then went to flag. It was no doubt that was a, a, a rejection, one of those fouls where he's going to be uh, ejected during the game. But uh, probably a frustration hit, too, in that regard. But, uh, wow, pretty uh, – And you're not doing yourself any favors either using your head yeah. uh, when, when you don't have to. Uh, that's the thing that uh, worries me is they're, they're risking injury to themselves uh, as well as the opponent. And that's uh, two uh, defensive players out because Mason Smith uh, suffered that knee injury celebrating uh, a stop on uh, second and seven from the 26-yard line, jumped up to celebrate before – he landed, uh, apparently tweaked the knee, and uh, he was on crutches uh, the second half uh, of the game. And so a couple of players down uh, early in that first half. And, you know, they, the preseason, they spoke pretty highly of LSU's front four, and now they're down halfway. Uh, of course, they do have a little depth, but Mason Smith didn't look good at all, Jeff, uh, in that regard, uh, especially uh, they had him already in a, uh, one of those uh, – uh, cast it looked like and walking around on crutches so um, not good for him I'm sure we'll find out later on during the week uh, what's his condition and uh, the opportunity him to play possibly uh, how much longer he's got to maybe rehab or he might even I uh, can't say he's done for the year but it didn't look good and no, those type and, injuries but the nature of getting that injury yeah, just is, freakish yeah. just a freakish you know hopping up in uh just the knee goes out on you, and a kid from Homa, Louisiana. So uh, we'll see uh, what's going to happen uh, with his health uh, for the rest of the year, and we'll probably hear something through the course of the week after they, the swelling will go down, able to get an MRI on it and all. 
Anyway, but the Tigers, uh, Coach Kelly, um, not much to uh, say with uh, the performance last night. But, again, had a chance to tie the game and go into overtime. And uh, who knows what happens uh, with the Tiger faithful in the Superdome last night. And uh, But not meant to be. And, uh, of course, it's a game <laughs> that he'll remember for the rest of his life. And I'm sure feeling that we let one get away, uh, losing 24-23 to to the Seminoles of Florida State. And, uh you know, they, they kind of uh, didn't play. You know, LSU kind of, uh, as always, uh, had an opportunity to win it. But Florida State, uh, you know, I can't say gave it to them, but uh, uh, the, 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 that last drive, I just I still can't believe they ran a pitch on the uh, goal line on a third and one. Uh, I mean, that's a risky play uh, instead of just taking it right to them. Uh, anyway, uh, coaches uh, – think they do. Anyway, uh, what do you have here? Ouch. Yeah, very much so. Ouch is uh, correct. So, uh, Tigers uh, go down uh, 24-23. Got Southern look, staring them in the face uh, Saturday night in Tiger Stadium. Uh, I'm sure uh, they'll be a, a prohibitive favorite in that game. Uh, with Le- uh, LeBron Southern. James uh, checked in uh, on Twitter, wow, with like fifteen W's, uh, <laughs> wow, blocked. Yeah, no, just uh, just sad. Uh, but uh, that's part, you know, that's college football. I mean, uh, you saw games over the weekend. They, they had a couple uh, surprises, but uh, all in all. Uh, it's, uh, you know, college football's here to stay, folks, and uh, the NFL gets cranked up uh, Thursday night. Do we have uh, do we have a Thursday night game this year? I think they do, don't they? Uh, NFL? Yeah, yeah with uh, Tampa. The, the, and, not Tampa. L.A. is playing somebody. Buffalo. Buffalo, yep. yeah. Big game. <laughs> big game. And, uh, yeah, a lot of folks think those season. two teams could be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's, that's the thought process right now. It's going to be on NBC. And uh, Buffalo. Uh, they're playing the game at Los Angeles in Buffalo as a two-and-a-half-point pick. Uh, hard to believe. Yeah. One, because it's on the road. Two, because it's the defending champs. Uh, and they haven't really lost much. But, um, again, uh, we've seen Las Vegas uh, wrong before. We talked about uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame. That 17-point spread uh, we thought was kind of big, and uh, Notre Dame covered. And they, and but, they, but still with not the best performance. Right. And they had a halftime lead, too. What, yeah. 10-7, I do believe. And uh, 52 and a half is the over and under with the Rams and uh, the Bills. Of course, as you said, both teams, uh, a lot of people project they'll play in the Super Bowl come uh, February. And uh, they've still got 17 games left to go. But uh, you're right about uh, the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. I still couldn't believe that Ohio State was a 17-and-a-half-point pick. Of course, they've talked them up a lot that they might be the national champ this year uh, with their returning players and all. And uh, Alabama, you know, just uh, they walked through their game uh, uh, against uh, one of their opponents uh, this past uh, weekend. Um, elsewhere in uh, in football, let's see, uh, some of the other rated teams. Uh, Pittsburgh, we saw that game last uh, week. Along with Wake Forest, they played earlier last week. Uh, just look at some of the ranked teams. Michigan State took out Western Michigan 35-13. Elsewhere, uh, Texas A&M beat Sam Houston State 31-0. Uh, another ranked team, North Carolina State, eked by East Carolina 21-20. Uh, uh, East Carolina missed a field goal late in the game, I think a 40-yarder. 
to give uh, NC State the win. Elsewhere, other ranked teams, Miami took care of poor Bethune-Cookman 70-13. to Oklahoma over UTEP 45-13. Number 11. Another Georgia beating Oregon 49-3. I, I, I couldn't believe how ugly that game was. Gee, wow. Anyway, uh, Georgia. And, and I'm talking about the uniforms. Oh. <laughs> Just those Oregon uniforms uh, continue to make me ill. Well, they, uh, they've been known to Mr. Nike is the one that produces their uniforms. So, uh, anyway, uh, Arkansas tops uh, Cincinnati late, uh, 31-24. Elsewhere uh, in other ranked games, Houston gets a scare from University of Texas, San Antonio. They had to go three other times to beat uh uh, them uh, 37-35 elsewhere. Ole Miss over Troy 28-10. BYU 50-21 over South Florida. Uh, locally, Nickel State got hammered by South Alabama 48-7. Uh, the Cajuns uh, uh, play a decent game and beat uh, Southeastern 24-7. Uh, thought maybe they'd be a little different spread there, but uh, Southeastern hangs around. Uh, Cajuns get a early touchdown on a 28-yard touchdown pass. And also a nice punt return of about 85 to 90 yards, I think. That's, that's one of those wins you don't necessarily tap dance around, but you are pleased. You got an opening weekend win, and uh, you played a lesser team. Uh, no, I mean, and that's no knock to Southeast Louisiana. They're uh, a lesser league. Uh, they, they're an FCS school, uh, and they probably will do well during the regular season. But, uh, again, uh, UL played down a little bit and uh, had a solid win. Yeah, and uh, Cajuns uh, had 373 in, in total yards to Southeastern's 260. Uh, Southeastern 149 throwing it, rushing 111. The Cajuns 241 passing and 132 uh, rushing. Out first down them 18 to 12 were six out of both teams, six out of 15, and one for three on uh, fourth downs. Uh, uh, Southeastern, eight uh, penalties for 60 yards. The Cajuns, four for 35. The big stat here, no turnovers for the Cajuns and two interceptions uh, by Southeastern. Uh, pretty much uh, spoke of the game. So, anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take our first break and bring on head football coach Ryan Antoine. After the break, you listen to Kane Radio's Bayou Sports here on uh, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Coach Antoine right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadow. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answer to pain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. 
And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Road. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Road and enjoy. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We're trying to get in touch with uh, Coach Ryan Antoine. Of course, this being a holiday, uh, hopefully uh, we can access him and have him on the air shortly. Of course, the uh, Tigers with a big win over the Yellow Jackets over the weekend, I should say Friday night. Uh, 48 to nothing, and boy, they, they they looked every bit as good as everyone expected them to be. Of course, the Jackets trying to uh, shake the cobwebs from uh, last year and uh, get started, and hopefully uh, um, they can have a decent year uh, in that regard. But in the meantime, uh, Westgate, the Tigers, just uh, all over the Yellow Jackets in the initial game of Kane uh, Radio's broadcast schedule, and we'll see uh, what comes to uh, pass in that regard. In the meantime, um, other college scores, of course, number one, Alabama, all over Utah State, uh, 55 to nothing. Uh, elsewhere, um, Mississippi State downs Memphis, 49-23. Uh, other games of uh, note, Texas down Louisiana Monroe, 52 to 10. Uh, Oregon State over Boise State, 34-17. Uh, and, of course, LSU last night getting beat, 24-23. Jeff, uh uh, any uh, luck in reaching Coach Antoine right now? Well, we we got his voicemail. I'm sure he'll check in with us uh, when he has an opportunity. Uh, we understand that these guys have varying schedules. Uh, oh yeah. So again, uh, obviously no school today. Boy, it's quiet downtown too. With it Victor's is being closed. <laughs> right. It is quiet. Downtown. I mean, the tr- you can tell when the school's in and school's out. Even during the summer months, uh, uh, with the uh, traffic being down to the parents and all rushing their children off to school and the school buses and all. Uh, some other NCA scores, uh, of course, Baylor down to uh, Albany, number 10 Baylor, 69-10. to 10. As I mentioned, Billy Napier wins a big game, uh, pulls one out. Uh, they beat Utah. The Utes were ranked number seven, twenty nine, twenty six. So a, a nice start for his Gators. No, no doubt about it. Over in Gainesville, elsewhere, number 20 Kentucky, 37-13 to 13 over Miami, Ohio. Uh, we talked about Ohio State topping. Number two, Ohio State comes in a 17-point pick over number five, Notre Dame, and they beat them 21-10. And Notre Dame had a halftime lead, so uh, surprisingly uh, they they played pretty well. That might be a coach right there. Let's hope so, uh, Jeff. Yeah, let's go to the phones and say good morning. You're on Bayou Sports. Good morning, good morning. Coach, um, appreciate you joining us uh, on this Monday morning, as you do uh, during – this year's uh, high school football season. Again, congratulations on a dominating win. What were the keys uh, to your team's performance on Friday night? Uh, guys just playing well on, up front on the offensive line and defensive line. Uh, we were able to establish, establish our will uh, offensively with, with our running game. I think we only threw like nine passes, so we were able to run the ball you know, pretty convincingly and 
got a lot of guys the ball, you know, running the ball for us in the offensive line. I did a great job with that and then played play a lot in the backfield on defense a lot. Our defensive line really controlled the game for us, and uh, I don't know how many passing yards they might have had for sure, but we definitely had a lot of tackles for loss and a lot of tackles, you know, up front where our secondary really didn't have to play as much. So hats off to those guys for doing a great job. Yeah, I I think they you you held them to maybe 17 yards in the air and uh, not much uh, more, if uh, at all, on the ground uh, dominating defensive performance. We talked a little bit about that Saturday, and you got to be pleased with that. Uh, and while you uh, have to be pleased, obviously, with the overall performance, do you do you look for any negatives? Uh, just a sort of uh, temper your team's uh, attitude um, uh, to kind of ground them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we definitely had some mishaps, you know, with uh, penalties and a couple of times that kind of stalled a couple of drives. Um, you know, definitely have to work on our passing game as well. Uh, and I know we didn't, you know, have to pass the ball as much, and I think that's a good thing right now. But we One know day. going into, we also know going into our, few, uh, you know, into district and everything else, our passing game needs to get a little better. So those are things we got to work on, and special teams we missed a missed field goal, missed extra point as well. So. And a couple of kickoff returns, we in punt returns, we felt like we should have some touchdowns. A couple of guys missed blocks here and there. So, you know, right now you gotta, you know, you gotta be very, you know, I guess nitpicky right now because we know later on in the future that that'll help, that'll hurt us. No doubt. You mentioned the the kicking game, though. I think overall Jake Thibodeau had a pretty good game. Uh, tell tell us a little bit about him and where he comes from. Yeah, honestly, we got Jake out, out to school. Uh, you know, Jake was a kid that watched the games for us last year, and, you know, uh, he saw the kid that we had was real good kid. Dylan Bork was a senior and know that we needed a kicker. So he was actually in PE and, like, Coach, I could kick. And every day uh, after that, we would go outside, uh, him and one of his buddies, and they would go kick. And actually, Dylan would go out there with him and, and, and help him out as well while being in the classroom teaching uh, PE. And he just learned how to kick, honestly, right after the season and just worked on it, 4.0 student, sophomore kid, and he's been working with it every day, uh, amazing family. Uh, and so he's done an amazing job for us, and I think he has a bright future kicking. I mean, he has a real good leg, and I think, you know, going in the future, he can kick the ball in the back of the end zone for us, and he can almost make almost 50-yard kicks right now. So definitely a big weapon to have. Right now you just got to get used to playing, you know, high school football. He was just doing it, you know, for fun. Now people are coming at him. So now you got to get focused on that, but I think he'll be a great asset to us, uh, Coach Tony Landry. Coach, with uh, with that, how's uh, how'd you come out the game uh, injury wise? Everybody, uh, there's some bumps and bruises, but uh, nothing serious, I hope. Yeah, so far so good. You know, a couple of bumps and bruises. Uh, Jaden Cover kind of hurt his foot a little bit, so we'll kind of you know monitor him day to day. But so far so good. You know, a couple of bumps and bruises here and there, but. I think we'll be all fine. Now, uh, come uh, your game uh, Friday night, uh, you take on Lake Charles College Prep, which is a pretty good football team too, Coach. Uh, what can we expect the fans expect to see from them? Do you uh, have a little observations so far? Yeah, we played them actually, you know, a week ago in the in the Jamboree. Uh, and, it was, you know, it was a pretty good game. We ended up kind of getting out of there. I think we scored like 16-12 or something like that. Um, but very talented. Uh, run around very well coached. Uh, Eric Franklin is their head coach. I mean, him were went to college together and played college ball together. 
and the offensive coordinator, Sean Piper. He was my roommate in college uh, at Louisiana Tech uh, while we played ball. So, I mean, they definitely, we definitely know each other real well. Uh, but, I mean, he has, you know, high-quality prospects as well. Got a corner going to Washington, a, a linebacker going to UL. Uh, quarterbacks are very talented, real good, good players. So, uh, they're going to match the speed-wise as well. But, you know, we just got to go out there and execute and, you know, try to make it a great game because, they're you know, they're one of the top teams in 3A. We're one of the top teams in 4A, so it will definitely be a great matchup. All right. Well, Coach, uh, again, uh, as it's your first home game, anything the fans need to know about uh, Friday night's uh, game? Uh, yeah, admission will be $10. We start at 7 o'clock. Please come out and support our kids. It's our first home game. Uh, we don't have many home games this year. It's uh, one of four home games right now that we have. So please just come out and, you know, support our kids. Uh, that, you know, they'll be trying to put on a, you know, a great performance for you guys, and we just expect a great crowd. There you go. You guys uh, getting a little work done today. Uh, what's uh, the Labor Day schedule? Uh, yes, sir. Well, we, 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 hit, we hit the field at, or we hit school at, at 1230, and we hit the field at 3 o'clock after we watch film and work out. And then after that, we got to go to LCA and play in the freshman JV game at 6 o'clock. So we got a, you know, pretty pack, packed up day to day. So we got to get, get ready and get, get ready to go to work. There you go. Well, again, Coach, appreciate you joining us on these Monday mornings as well as uh, Saturdays now. Uh, again, uh, best of luck going forward, but we'll chat again on Saturday. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Coach Ryan Antoine at Westgate High School, and again, his team dominating uh, performance. We'll look forward to talking to Coach Josh Learman uh, on Thursday. He'll have had a few days to... Uh, you know, look at film and see uh, where things went uh, bad for them uh, on Thursday. Yeah, well, and that's uh, the case, too, uh, with the Yellow Jackets. So, uh, and um, I'm pretty sure that's probably the largest score uh, margin in the history of the t- these two teams playing against each other over the past 20 years or so. Uh, yeah, I, I can't uh, remember when I, I, I probably done. 19 or 20 of their games, and, uh, yeah, I, I cannot uh, imagine. Yeah. Anyway, the Jackets have some work to do, and Coach Antoine takes on a big, uh, big-time big team come Friday night. Home game, uh, like he said, uh, want to see the fans come out. Other scores uh, from our high school teams, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, Friday night and then one Thursday night. Of course, Holland uh, uh, won their game 20-14 to 14 over, I think it was uh, – uh, Homer Christian. Christian, yeah, from – yeah, and they moved. I think they're still in another district in Double A, but uh, they're two A. Yeah, yeah, outside the area. Elsewhere, uh, Lorville wins a big game too, uh, Coach. Uh, as they down, uh, I want to say. Um, I'm looking here at my notes here. <laughs> they won twenty to fifteen over Erath. Uh, elsewhere, the Panthers late, late score. Yeah, the Panthers uh, have a bad night. Uh, as Vermilion Catholic is always one of the top teams in the state. They beat the Panthers thirty to nothing. Not sure on some uh, how the scoring was done. Uh, elsewhere, we're familiar with Westgate and Nish. Highland won uh, Thursday night before the Friday games, uh, twenty to fourteen. Um, they win their uh, their game. Elsewhere, Delcom over Centerville by a score of twenty to nothing. Artie Lowe's, congratulations, and the Generate Tigers. Uh, win their uh, opening game uh, fourteen to eight over Westminster Academy. Uh, so double, double overtime too. I'm I'm trying to picture such a low score even in double overtime. I, I thought I saw eight eight uh, at one point uh, throughout the evening. So don't know exactly how that game 
uh, broke down. But, uh, yeah, double overtime for a 14-8 win. Anyway, elsewhere, uh, our last game to report on, Acadiana Christian. They won a big game uh, over the weekend. They played on Saturday. They down Mount Olive. I think Mount Olive was from up in North Louisiana. They beat them 38-8 to with uh, their eight-man football team. So, Jeff, some pretty successful uh, weekends for most of our local high school teams here in uh, New Iberia, or Iberia Parish, I should say. So, uh, thanks for looking up. Uh, we got some big games on tap this uh this week, as uh, the Kane broadcast team, just looking at our pocket guide folks, so they're out there. You can get them; they're all over the place. So, with our sponsors in that regard, and uh, and with our broadcast schedule, I'm trying to uh, get my uh, pocket guide around. Our big game is uh, this coming is De Quincey. We'll travel to Lorville to take on the Tigers. It will be our our. Radio Kane Radio Game of the Week uh, this coming Friday night at airtime around 6.15 with kickoff at 7 over in Lorville, the Tigers. And we'll have uh, Coach uh, Morton on tomorrow at 8 o'clock to give us a little uh, how his weekend went and taking on DeQuincy. Yeah, looking forward to uh, being out there. Um, got, by the way, got a new crowd mic, uh, not a crowd mic, field mic coming. Uh, we had some issues, uh, but I promised uh, Keith, we would take care of those uh, issues. So we've got uh, a new uh, field mic uh, on the way for uh, what? I, I'm not sure I'll have it for Friday night, but uh, yeah, we're, we're taking care of those issues. You know, one score I forgot to uh, look up on too, Jeff, and maybe you're familiar with. I saw was uh, how the Tigers of St. Martinville to get a, a did against Cecilia. They lost. That Cecilia beat them. That's a big rival game. That and really is, and it was a tight game. I want to say it was thirty-five to thirty-three. And you know, for Cecilia, it was the first time in three or four years beating St. Martinville. Okay, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. As you mentioned, uh, you, you you get those St. Martin schools together, whether it's Brobridge, St. Martinville, St. Martinville, Cecilia, Cecilia, Brobridge. They're, they're all big games. Oh, that's that's those those rivalry games in the inner parish uh, have always been big games for the Tigers, the Tigers and the Bulldogs. So uh, anyway, uh, with that, uh, anyway, Jeff, let's go ahead and take our next break. Uh, we still have uh, Bob Rose to come on around eight o'clock. We're going to contact him, and get his thoughts on the Saints and after their cuts and all, and uh, some Saint uh, news with uh, their first game against the hated Falcons uh, come uh, Sunday at noon over in Atlanta. So we are listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday for Southern Jack Productions, Sunday the 11th. It's a special breakfast fundraiser for St. Francis Diner with T.K. Hewlin and Steve Adams from 9 to 12, and then the Saints at noon. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU with half-price drinks during their games and dollar shots when they score. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. 
Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, Labor Day, September the 5th. As uh, We'll talk a little baseball in this particular uh, segment. Uh, of course, uh, the big news is uh, 495 and 53, of course, uh, Albert Pujols trying to get to 700 home runs. Uh, Cardinals have and uh, starting to pull away from the Brewers in the Central Division race. As Pujols pinch hits in the bottom of the eighth with a 0-0 score and runner on second. And uh, Cub pitcher uh, gives him a first pitch, and Albert sends it into the left field seats. About I'm not sure he didn't gift that pitch <laughs> uh, to Pujols. You know, I'm watching that game, uh, scoreless game, a uh, game that started late because of uh, Yeah, about a 90-minute rain. rain delay, yeah. And... The, the pace of the game was amazingly quick. Uh, and it then was. The eighth inning came around, and I never like to see the Cubs lose, especially to the Cardinals. But uh, if, if I'm going to lose a game, that's the way I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see Albert get those 700 yeah. home runs. Just, just a class baseball player, too. You've never heard anything derogatory about him. All he did was show up every day and do his job. And uh, probably, probably the best hitter. Uh, in this generation of baseball players right now uh, and being 42 years of age sitting on 695 needs uh, two more to pass uh, 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 our our Rodriguez uh, who has sits at 696 and of course would be one of four men in Major League Baseball history to hit 700 home runs of course Barry Bonds at uh, 762, Hank Aaron at uh, 755, of course, Babe Ruth at 714, and Albert Pujols at fi- in fifth place right now. But uh, And I don't know, Jeff, is anybody any, even near 500 home runs now that's playing the game? So uh, we, we see maybe uh, that mark of seven home runs. Uh, uh, you, you never say never, but you, you don't see it. Yeah. It's, it's not in the, the – uh, crosshairs right now but you never say never yeah and who would have thought twenty-one thirty would have been beaten too with yeah. regards to the iron horse lou gehring consecutive game streak of course uh elsewhere uh in baseball aaron judge you know the yankees he's sitting on 53 home runs of course the american league record uh for home runs in a season roger maris Back in 1961, of course, and, all those home runs in the uh, the the, uh, the American League, uh, uh, or I should say, the National League with McGuire and Socia and Bonds, were all done in the National League. American League's record still 61 in 61. Yeah, you know, Aaron Judge uh, yesterday uh, lead, leadoff home run. I turned the game on, and uh, I was just as they were playing a replay of the home run, hit the the. 
what do you call that, a catwalk uh, that's at near the top of Tampa Bay's Dome Stadium, uh, whatever uh, Sunkiss Dome it is or Tropicana Field. Or, right. I have no idea what it's called uh, anymore, but the ugliest. Now it, it does hold the title of ugliest stadium in Major League Sports. But anyway, that being said, uh, it, it was a huge home run, one to nothing, Held for a long time. Uh, I want to say, I think Tampa tied it in the seventh inning. And then the uh, Yankees uh, won 2-1 to one late. Big win for the Yankees. Uh, they maintain a five-game lead over Tampa Bay. Uh, they had lost the first two games of that series. One uh, in a ridiculous fashion. And a 2-1 to one game loss Saturday. So come That's back right. and... Win two to one yesterday. Aaron Boone thrown out of the game. He, 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 he. This is to not his credit. He asked for the umpires to look at a foul ball that was uh, maybe, maybe not off the screen behind home plate. The catcher caught it. Definitely, um, it was a good catch. But did it graze the screen at some point? There is no video showing the ball that high up. But he he tried to make the argument, I didn't challenge it. I was just asking you to take a look at it yeah. as if he should retain his challenge. So later in the game, there's a foul tip. Well, eh, they called it catcher's interference uh, because the umpire saw the catcher's glove kind of waver a little bit. But it was a foul tip that did graze the catcher's glove. And Aaron Boone couldn't challenge it because he had lost his challenge, even though just take a look at it. I don't think that exists. The the idea you can just just take a look at it for me. I'm not challenging it, but just take a look. No, it doesn't work that way, Mr. Boone. That's right. You you got to understand that Uh, he got tossed. but uh, and, and I hope he had some choice words for the ump before and after. They generally do. Uh, yeah, Judge went three for five yesterday. The Yankees had a total of six hits in the game. But his course, number 53, uh, he's got, I think the Yankees have approximately 28, maybe 30 games left uh, to play. Not sure who they're playing in their schedule. But I'm sure they have half of that uh, probably at Yankee Stadium uh, of course, being the right-handed hitter, he doesn't have that short porch. Uh, Twenty-nine games yet. Yeah, so he's he's got a, he's on that pace. He the whole month of August, the Yankees I think went ten and twenty in the whole month of August, and I think he hit nine home runs in the month of August. He had other months where he hit twelve, thirteen home runs, but uh, in that six-month schedule. And this year, Major League Baseball, due to the uh, strike, uh, they pushed the season back. It looks like the all the way into maybe the first week in October, which is usually unusual. They go in October when the first, second, or third is on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But this year they're going to go a little deeper. I think it's going to be like the fourth or fifth when the season's going to end that weekend uh, in that regard. So, uh, Judge, he's got a chance. Uh, and will they pitch to him? I think so. But uh, the Yankees uh, fighting off uh, uh, Tampa and Toronto for uh, the season, uh, Jeff and uh, – you know they've got some work to do. Uh, yeah, like I said, they were ten and twenty when it looked like they'd win uh, one hundred and fifteen to twenty games. Uh, when you look back in May, and now uh, they're struggling uh, even to push. Uh, I think they're at seventy nine or eighty wins. And, 80, 80 and fifty four. Yeah, uh, just short of a six hundred winning percentage. But you're right; they were on such a clip to uh, start the season. And 
You know, we mentioned this uh, before. I talked about the Reds and how bad their season began, and yeah. you knew that was going to level off uh, yeah. eventually. And right. similar, um, the, the only thing that hasn't leveled off is the Dodgers' play. Yeah, they're, they're at a near seven hundred clip, but um, the Yankees are playing in a tough division. Uh, I mean, Boston. I think we talked about this about two months ago. Yeah, uh, that every team was above five hundred. Boston is in last place in that division, still just one game short of 500. <laughs> That's right. I mean, so the Yankees are playing in a tough division. Yeah. Uh, and, and credit them uh, for the 80 wins they do have. Yeah, and Baltimore uh, was playing real well for a while, and they got moved up a little bit, and there was anticipation that they maybe with a, a hard run they could make even the uh, wild card. But uh, they're, they're not out of it. That, that eight and a half games out, they're, they're uh, three and a half behind uh, Tampa Bay. And they've got, the Orioles have gone seven and three in the last ten games, along with Tampa Bay. While Toronto six and four, and the Yankees are four and six over the last ten games. So uh, Cleveland uh, and uh, the Minnesota are tied. Uh, they're the only teams, up, but the White Sox are right in there. They're only two games back, so yeah. they have some divisional races. Boy, I tell you, the White Sox uh, lost yesterday. A bit of a heartbreaker. Uh, two run homer late. Uh, opened up the game, but uh, thirteen to nothing they win on Saturday. Dylan Cease, Cub prospect, uh, traded for Jose Quintana, mm-hmm. uh, goes two outs into the ninth with a no hitter on Saturday night, and the White Sox uh, or Cease loses the no hitter with two outs in the ninth. But uh, a big good weekend for them. Uh, just two back, as you say, but nowhere in the wild card race uh, because you got Seattle with 76 wins, um, you know, some 10 games back of the Astros, but a solid wild card uh, possibility. And then the others are all in the East, uh, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Baltimore, maybe, uh, uh, but Baltimore probably, uh, again, uh, needs to overcome Toronto. Yeah. Uh, and who's, and there's a, there's a pitcher right now. I think, uh, with uh, Arizona Gallon, that's uh, right now he's had he's he's got a, a streak going right now of scoreless innings pitched and really doing well for Arizona. Of course, uh, they're pretty much uh, out of the uh, the wild card race, well, but they, uh, and out of mind. I can't remember the last time I even saw an Arizona game. Yeah, I mean they. I know they're still playing games. And I'm, I'm sure the Cubs played them at some point this year and probably lost a couple of games to them. But, boy, uh, I can't think of a team that's off the radar more than Arizona. And, Gallon, it's his sixth straight scoreless start. So he's uh, uh, right now at 41 and a third scoreless innings. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Of course, the record being 58 by uh, Oral Hershiser, the Bulldog, as Tommy Lasorda used to call him. And uh, he'll have enough starts. He should have about five starts between now and the end of the season. He's 11-2. and two. He extended his scoreless streak, as I mentioned, to 41 and a third. It allowed only two singles and a walk in seven innings yesterday. He struck out 11. He retired the la- last 11 batters he faced. So uh, Don Drysdale uh, uh, in 68, Oral Hershiser in 88, and Zach Greinke uh, in 2015, all with the Dodgers. Not allowing a run in his sixth straight start. Hershey's, as I mentioned, Hershey's is 59. I thought it was 58. Maybe I was thinking of Drysdale. But Hershey's is at 59 consecutive scoreless innings. So, uh, but Gallon in this last six games, he's 5-0 and with a point five eight whip. 
and <laughs> he's only allowed 16 hits, walked eight, struck out 46 in that streak of 41 and a third. So, uh, like I said, he'll have he'll have another five or six starts, and if he can hold, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, his next two or three starts, hold, get, get the uh, pitch through five, six innings, uh, he's going to be right there on the mark, too. And that's something that's kind of nobody's seen. And Arizona's playing some decent baseball right now, uh, eight of their last ten, and um, maybe a little support for him. So, uh, again, some something to look at apart from the Dodgers in that division. Yeah. Anyway, Jeff, let's go ahead and take our next break and get uh, SI Ryder uh, for the Saints. Uh, Bob Rose on the line. Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 AM 1240. We'll be back with uh, Mr. Rose right after this. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday for Southern Jack Productions, Sunday the 11th. It's a special breakfast fundraiser for St. Francis Diner with T.K. Hewlin and Steve Adams from 9 to 12, and then the Saints at noon. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU with half-price drinks during their games and dollar shots when they score. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board-certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy-guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to AnswerToPain.com. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajlow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Labor Day Monday, September the 5th. And on the line with us is Bob Rose. And Bob, good morning. And how is your Labor Day going so far? Well, good morning. I seeing as you and I are laboring at the moment, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's not living up to the definition. Uh, but other than that, I'm doing real good, man. I hope you're doing well. Uh, all you folks, all you listeners out there, happy Labor Day to you and your families. Yeah, Bob, uh, as we spoke with you uh, last week, our initial conversation, uh, you know, the Saints hadn't made their cuts yet, and they were making their cuts, and uh, uh, now that's all through. Of course, you always see, though, a, a name or two uh, added and dropped uh, with the Saints. Uh, and uh, we talked about Book, and uh, Book uh, ended up uh, finding another team to play with. And uh, what are you hearing with the Saints? You know, uh, Mr. Marcus May got in a little bond last week, too, uh, and Trevor 
pinning the big offensive tackle has a serious toe injury. We're understanding. Uh, yeah, and the you know the the news with Trevor Penning wasn't surprising. Uh, you and I talked about this last week, and you know we kind of speculated that it might be more serious, uh, yeah, than we were initially hearing. And sure enough, we heard that uh, you know, that Trevor has ligament damage in that foot and around that toe. He'll have to have surgery. Obviously, the Saints placed him on injured reserve. Now, when you're placed on injured reserve after the initial cuts are made, you can come back. You're eligible to come back after four games. Uh, but we're hearing the penning is going to be out anywhere from 10 to 12 weeks. Uh, you know, so we wish a speedy and healthy recovery for that young man. It does really take a shot at the depth of the Saints' offensive line. Most of us expected James Hurst to open the year at left tackle anyway, uh, but Penning was playing better and better, I thought, each preseason game. And now without him in the lineup, you know, certainly for a, a significant portion of the season, uh, you, know, you really have to be concerned about the depth if the Saints get any injuries up front. Uh, you know, Calvin Throckmorton, we saw uh, Throck play really well uh, when he stepped in at guard last year. And the coaches really love Landon Young, and I can see why. He, you know, he, he has great footwork for a big man, can play either left or right tackle. Uh, but you know, through the preseason, and he's only in his second year, so you expect him to develop. But so far what I see out of the play of Landon Young, he's real inconsistent. Uh, you know, so you, know, you, you want to see a significant development before a young man like that takes the field. And then obviously the big news of the week, uh, you, know, you mentioned Marcus May. That happened only you know, less than 24 hours after Chauncey Gardner-Johnson got traded to Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, Marcus, right. you know, the timing couldn't be worse. Um, obviously there's not going to be any immediate punishment to Marcus May. We're going to let the court proceedings and you know, legal proceedings excuse me, play out. Uh, but you really have to you know, scratch your head uh, at a young man like Marcus who would make a- another poor decision, and he's made a series of them you know, before arriving in New Orleans. Yep. Uh, you know, he, uh, he, he got arrested for that DUI, uh, which we're still waiting. That, you know, that hearing That's has been right. pushed back again until November. Uh, but he could even sit, face suspension for that infraction before the end of this regular season. Uh, and even though the Saints have a ton of talent and depth in that secondary, uh, you, you lose some of that when you trade Gardner Johnson. And I understood the reasons why. Uh, and you know, now you have a player like Marcus May making poor decisions like this. Yeah, you have to be better. You, you have to be better if you're a guy like Marcus May. Uh, and you know, that, that hurts not only yourself, obviously, but your family and your teammates. Uh, who yeah. who are counting on you to be there uh, and you know, and make poor uh, and make good decisions uh, and you know you you, you got to be on the field. Yeah, and the Saints have made some adjustments uh, due to that. They brought in another offensive lineman with Penning. Not sure if uh, if they have anybody in the practice squad. They'd move up. Of course, May is going to play the games. Just I think Kamara is going to go through the whole year. I don't think. Uh, they're going to make a decision. It looked like the last time, August 1st, they continued it to October 1st. And I'm not so sure they're going to continue it again, too. So he, he might have the availability of playing the entire year with the Saints without pay, paying a price for his uh, full pa up in uh, uh, Las Vegas uh, the week of the Pro Bowl. Yes, sir, and I expect that's exactly what will happen. Uh, you know, we're, we've been hearing from Kamara and, you know, more specifically his legal representatives, uh, you know, that Alvin is going to plead not guilty to these charges uh, and, and take the, the process through the court proceedings. Uh, and that's important to remember, uh, you know, because like you said, they've already you know, 
pushed his uh, initial hearing back three times now, uh, you know, and now we're currently looking at the end of October. Uh, you know, now if Alvin changes his mind and, you know, either takes a plea deal, pleads guilty, or pleads no contest, at that point the NFL will step in immediately uh, and issue their punishment. But if it holds true to what we're, we're hearing and that Alvin is going to plead not guilty and take this thing to court, this preliminary hearing is only the initial hearing in the court proceedings, and there's going to be a few steps. So like you said, you know, that's going to likely carry out uh, you know, through the 2022 season. And, you know, the league doesn't suspend players for playoff games you know, if the Saints would make it that far. Uh, you know, so we need not worry about that. Uh, and, and, again, you know, the most important thing are these young men making better decisions off the field. Uh, but, you know, from purely a football perspective yeah you are right i don't i do not believe alvin Kamara is going to face suspension in 2022 let's talk about uh, the saints opponent uh, we haven't we've talked a lot about the saints but atlanta a lot of changes in the off season there what do you expect mm-hmm. from the falcons on sunday not a lot <laughs> and you know, obviously the, you know, this rivalry between the falcons and saints yeah, it goes back a long way, and you can literally—I I hate the saying, but it holds true. You can throw the records out. You know, when these two teams play, it's a you know, bona fide rivalry that can go either direction. Uh, but I—I I see Atlanta as one of the poorer teams in the NFL. I think the Falcons are actually going to be fighting it out, uh, you know, for one of the top draft picks in the 2023 draft. As you mentioned, they had tons of change this off season. You know, familiar faces. Like you know, Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, Julio Jones was already gone last year. Yeah, but those faces that we're so accustomed to seeing on the field facing the New Orleans Saints, they're gone. And the, the Atlanta did not upgrade at the positions, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, they, they brought in Brian Edwards via trade from the Las Vegas Raiders. Edwards is a big, solid possession receiver, so he's going to put up some nice numbers. Uh, used their first round draft choice on wideout Drake London from USC. Uh, you know, Drake London, if you watch his film, he's kind of a Michael Thomas clone. Big physical guy, runs good routes, great hands, and underrated athleticism. Uh, but he's a rookie wideout. So, you know, you can't possibly expect a whole lot from him in his very first game. And then a quarterback, as you know, uh, you know, they signed Marcus Mariota and used a third round draft choice on Desmond Ritter. Mariota's going to open the season. His accuracy has been questioned throughout his career, uh, and you know, he, he does bring a lot of athleticism to the position, and we know the Saints have struggled with mobile quarterbacks in the past, so that's one thing to keep an eye on. But Atlanta did very little, really nothing at all, to upgrade that offensive line that almost got Matt Ryan killed the last I'm couple no years. Kidding. Uh, so you know, I, I expect the Saints' pass rush is going to have Mariota running for his life. Uh, you know, Cordero Patterson, a running back slash wide receiver, he's a dangerous weapon in the open field. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and Kyle Pitts, I think, already is one of the better tight ends in the National Football League. And we saw Pitts, especially in that first matchup against the Saints in New Orleans last year, we saw Pitts eat them alive. Uh, but I think Dennis Allen and the defensive coaches, uh, you know, I was watching that game very closely, and I cannot tell you how many times the Saints had a linebacker uh, or Malcolm Jenkins, who's always overmatched in man-to-man coverage. They had one of those two uh, you know, guys on pitch. 
you need to put a defensive back. You need to put a Tyron Matthew on him. You need to put a Marcus May on him to match Pitt's athleticism. He's already going to have the size advantage, but you take that if you have, a, uh, have someone that can match up with Pitt's down the field. And as long as they can do that uh, and contain Cordero Patterson out of the backfield and when he goes into the slot, I don't see Atlanta being able to run the ball on New Orleans. I don't see them being able to hold up and pass protection on Mariota. Uh, you know, I see the Saints defense having a huge advantage coming into this game. You talked about the idea that the Falcons may be looking at a, a big draft choice or a high draft pick uh, coming up, uh, and you wonder if they weren't already tanking just settling on Marcus Mariota as quarterback. Uh, I suspect, yeah, it, it's difficult to to, uh, to point an accusation finger at teams and accuse them of tanking, but based off of those moves that we just outlined, it's hard to say that they haven't. Yes, we know that they made a serious run at Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, and that that's what caused Matt Ryan to sour on them. Uh, and, yeah, I felt the same exact way. When they signed Marcus Mariota, even though they did draft Ritter, and I, I, I like his qualities, uh, this just – this just looks like a team that's gunning for one of those top collegiate quarterbacks in 2023. All right. Before we let you go, um, uh, what's the one thing you feel you need to see from the Saints to not have just a good opening week but uh, a quality season? The thing that concerned me all preseason about New Orleans, other than the obvious, which is the injuries, uh, is the cohesion and communication between the new safeties, Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, uh, and the cornerbacks. I'm not worried about the cornerbacks and man coverage. Uh, I'm worried about communication, uh, you know, communication possibly causing breakdown uh, in, in, in coverage in the secondary. And we mentioned Cordero Patterson. We mentioned Drake London. Uh, you know, a- Atlanta, when you're a significant underdog like the Falcons are, to use in boxing terms, you always have a puncher's chance when you have athletes. So if Mariota can hit Patterson or Pitts uh, or London down the field, uh, you know, that, that gives Atlanta a chance to stay in the game uh, and, and possibly pull it out late. I want to see cohesion in this Saints secondary right off the bat because that will make me feel a whole lot better going into week two against uh, some guy named Tom Brady and those talented Tampa Bay receivers. That, uh, and offensively, I want to see the Saints hum like we saw that first team unit do against the Chargers in that last preseason game. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot of that during the preseason because they, you know, they just simply didn't need to play uh, you know, against Atlanta and what I expect is going to be a poor Falcons defense. Uh, you need to see the Saints take control of this game uh, and, uh, and just put their, uh, to, to use a controversial saying, put their th- foot on the throat of the Falcons early uh, and just eliminate the competition. Anyway, Bob, uh, we want to thank you, and hopefully uh, we'll have you on the line uh, next Monday at 8 o'clock, and we'll be talking about this game and hopefully uh, the Saints with a victory and all. So I uh, want to wish you uh, a happy Labor Day. Uh, enjoy it with your family and friends, and I'll uh, have you back Monday around 8 o'clock. Looking forward to it. Thank you, guys, and uh, happy Labor Day to all your family and friends as well. Bob, one more uh, reminder how folks can find your work. Oh, thank you. Uh, you. I can be found on Facebook, Bob Rose, over on Twitter, at BobbyR2613. Uh, obviously, all of my work, all of my Saints-related articles are through the Saints News Network. 
which is available on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and we do all the New Orleans Saints coverage for the SI.com team site. And check out my podcast, The Bayou Blitz, which is every Wednesday night uh, at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we run for about an hour, and obviously this week we're going to be uh, talking about much of the same things that you guys, uh, you guys and myself talked about this morning. Anyway, Bob, uh, thank you again, and uh, we look forward to having you on uh, next uh, Monday at 8 o'clock to talk about a Saints win. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Anyway, thank you, Bob. You too. Anyway, uh, Jeff, uh, interesting uh, thought process and what he's speaking about, and I agree with most everything he says. Uh, the Saints uh, need to communicate a little better, especially uh, don't know what's going to happen with Marcus May. Anyway, today in sports history, quickly, September 5th, 1906, St. Louis University quarterback Bradbury Robinson throws a first legal forward pass in the history of American college football for a TD to John Snyder at Carroll College, Waukesha, Wisconsin, as the uh, St. Louis team, the Billikens, win 22 to nothing. Wow. Always thought Rockney and them threw the, one of the first forward passes against Army back in 19, what was it, 12, 13? Anyway, in 1918, due to World War I, the 15th Baseball World Series begins a month early. Red Sox defeat the Cubs in the first game, one nothing at Comiskey Park. 1921, Walter Johnson sets a major league mark of 2,287 strikeouts. Of course, we all know Nolan Ryan has that mark. It's over 5,000 now. 1925, 29th U.S. Amateur Championship won by Bobby Jones, uh, the famous Bobby Jones, whose man had got Augusta started back in 34. Elsewhere in 1946, Joe Garagiola plays in his first major league game in his hometown of St. Louis. He has two RBIs, and the Cardinals went over the Cubs. Of course, we all knew Joe Graziola back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s as a NBC sports announcer and also had a show. 1950. Uh, the Today Show. He was on the Today That's, Show. That is yeah. correct. That's right. Joe Graziola. I think he was a 19-year-old. He and Yogi Berra grew up in the same neighborhood, neighborhood yep. in St. Louis. They call the Hill. Elsewhere in 1955, uh, Dodger Don Newcomb hits uh, his NL record seventh home run of the season. Of course, a pitcher hitting seven home runs, pretty impressive. 1960, Cassius Clay, now Muhammad Ali, beat three-time European champion of Poland by unanimous points decision in an Olympic light heavyweight uh, boxing gold medal at the Rome Games. In 1962, Cubs' Ken Hubbs sets a second-base record for consecutive airless games at 78 and consecutive airless chances at 418 and with errors. And, uh, of course, uh, Kenneth uh, was a rookie of the year that year, and tragically he was killed in a plane crash in February of 64. But Ken Hubbs, a lot of think of the natural, too, uh, in that regard. Mm. I think of Ken Hubbs, too, with uh, Robert Redford. Elsewhere in 71, Astros pitcher J.R. Rodney Richard, uh, makes his debut, strikes out 15 Giants as a 19-year-old in a 5-3 to win over the Giants. So in 72, uh, a horrible day. We can all remember this in, uh, from Munich as 11 Israeli athletes were taken hostage and later killed by Palestine Black September group at the Munich Olympics. And believe it or not, one of those uh, Israelis that was killed was a former Tulane grad, and an NCAA weightlifting champion, David Berger. Remember them honoring him at one of the games that year. I, I just saw a story, Mark Spitz, uh, um, not realizing all the tragedy that had taken place uh, in his you know, seven uh, gold medal wins. And, yeah, as much as he tried to enjoy that, uh, the devastating uh, news of 
that terrorist attack uh, kind of dampered, uh, tempered yeah. the mood. Yeah. It's a shame. Still here, Jim McKay. They're all gone. Yeah. They're all gone. Elsewhere, in 1994, San Francisco wide receiver Jerry Rice catches two touchdown passes and runs for another in the 49ers' 44-14 to route over the Raiders. And the reason I state that, he passed Jim Brown's NFL record, a TD leader. That was his 127th touchdown. Uh, elsewhere, in 1995, who would remember, uh, forget this, and we talked about it just for a moment, as Cal Ripken Jr. ties uh, Gehring's record of 2,130 straight games. And I'm sure I'll have a little bit about that something tomorrow and today in history. Birthdays today, uh, born in 1874, Napoleon Nap of the second baseman, AL batting champ and all, uh, one of the first uh, members of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Also born on this date, 1936, Bill Mazeroski, who can convict, convict to remember the home run he hit to beat the Yankees, the first walk-off home run in World Series play, born in Wheeling, West Virginia. And also born on this date, 1960, Willie Galt, the NFL wide receiver with the Bears and the Raiders, born in Griffin, Georgia. And quickly, the quote of the day by former President Gerald R. Ford. He huh. says, I know I'm getting better at golf because I'm hitting fewer spectators. <laughs> <laughs> you, you remember how Saturday night, the early days of Saturday Night Live, yes. uh, having fun with Gerald Ford and his uh, slips and his hits and all, all those little things. Uh, that, Chevy Chase took yeah. a, took advantage of that to the fullest. No, good stuff. Anyway, uh, that's today in sports history, September 5th. And uh, uh, after this, uh, Breakfast Club with Lee K will be on for uh, the rest of the morning. No doubt. want to thank our sponsors, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, and the Headache and Pain Center News. What's up next brought to us by... David Funeral Homes, and then, as you mentioned, Lee Kane, the Breakfast Club, continuing after it. You're listening to KANE, 1240 AM, and K298CQ, 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The voice of the Tash.